It's time to become a member of Playvolution HQ and Exploration's Early Learning. There's a free option and three paid patron-level options. All come with free stuff and ongoing automatic training and merch discounts. For as little as a dollar a month, you can become a patron. That supports our work and you get premium stuff like early access to fresh podcast episodes. Go to explorationsearlylearning.com slash membership or click the link in this episode's description to learn more. All the cool listeners are doing it. On with the show. Murphy, excuse me, I just burped. I'm ex- I'm 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 good. I'm 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 glad. I'm really good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm so I'm did you see, high. There's this thing in the there's this thing in the news the other day. Um, I don't know if you saw it. The uh, the U.S. the U.S. military. What you're making a face? Where are you going? Well, this is this is an early learning thing. The U.S. military is concerned. I know I don't remember which branch it was. Is concerned about new recruits. The uh, the quote unquote uh, in the article they referred to as the Nintendo generation, ah. um, because they're they're finding out in basic training and afterwards with these younger recruits that their their bones are really breaky because they uh. spent their whole childhoods sitting around looking at screens playing nintendo but their thumbs are huge yeah they've got huge <laughs> huge muscular thumbs um and and i read this and and and, and look it's it, i i the conversation i want to have about it isn't isn't um hey we need more physical activity in the early years so we can be good soldiers i mean we we probably need ghost i mean it, it'd be great if uh if uh, if we have to send uh, SEAL Team Six in to take care of a, a real serious situation, and they didn't crumble because they're, uh, they're you're, you know you're jump you're you're repelling that ten foot out of the helicopter and uh, and your your knee snaps or or what I mean okay that probably it would be probably a good thing if if that didn't happen but I think just in general I mean I've talked to Angela Hanscom about this uh, kids kids aren't as physically resilient as they were generations ago, even, even uh, us kids of the seventies and eighties. And, and we were, were weaker and more brittle than the kids of the fifties and sixties and before. And so I think this is just a, a telling, a, a telling indicator of, of where we are with how we're raising children. And the cold, hard truth is kids need to be up and moving more period. Yes. Ideally in a place that has opportunities for them to do all of those juicy verbs, as I like to say, right? Just access to an asphalt jungle playground is not, like, I, I think it should be more natural, more opportunity for height, more opportunity for uh, change of perception, you know, upside down, rolling around, spinning, you know, not just a jungle gym, 
Sure. I get, I mean, if you want to raise up a bunch of weak ass kids, I'm talking about getting kids back into the, uh, back into the mills and, uh, and, 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 you know, coal mining and that kind of stuff. Let's build some, re- <laughs> no, maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe we don't want the, uh, the, the 1910s kind of, uh, 1880s kind of child activity working, working in the, uh, although shovels are good, like giving yeah, them shovels, shovels. are good. And, and so we might not want to send them into the coal mines and, uh, and, and wherever they do, where do, where do you, what do you call the place where they weave stuff? The weavery? The mill? The mill? Is that a mill? Okay. So yeah, maybe, maybe not running through the machinery and the mill. Uh, I'm not, I'm, I, I'm I clearly, I need to revisit my Dickens. The yeah, next time yeah, exactly. That might podcast. be, I mean, I mean, I'm sure those kids had really strong bones, but that's probably not the choice we want to make. We should probably, but yeah, yeah it's, it's more opportunities for, for heavy work, right? The lifting and the pulling and the, yeah. and the toting. And so um, just a little thing before we get into the actual topic, but I thought that that new story kind of was a, a, a reflection on what's going on. And so Lisa Murphy, what's our topic? Topic. Uh, I'm not sure how to reduce it to a couple of phrases, but I, I've been having a big thought for a while. Um, and I, it started, um, is germinating. That's the word, right? The seed was planted and it's yeah. been germinating when people were saying, well, nobody wants to work in early childhood or there's nobody to hire or nobody's interviewing. And, you know, there's, it's, it's a crisis. And this is a total half-baked thought that perhaps I, I, and it's not even really half baked. Like I think it's baked all the way through. I just, I just don't have a lot of uh, what evidence that might be the right word. I, I believe, I think that there are people who want to work in early childhood environments, but when they walk in and they see the product oriented art on the walls and the worksheets and the flashcards and the chopped up 20 minute schedules, they're like, I'm out. And I, I mean, I got nothing. I, I think that, that, that if we were more consistent, more aligned with what we say, we believe in, if we really, really were creating more play-based environments, I think people would walk in and be like, you know what? I want to, I want to align myself with this. I want to be a part of this. I'm not having to compromise my soul or my philosophical orientation in order to keep the bills paid. And I don't know. I just, I thought I'd toss it out and see what you wanted to do with that. But that's, that's a thought I've been having. I think there are, there's, there's a percentage of, of people that are, that are probably there. I've, I've, I've interacted with plenty of them that are like, I need to find a job in an early learning program that shares my philosophy. And there's no place in my community that offers that. And so then they don't take a job in early learning because they haven't found a place that they'd fit. So I think there's that piece of it for sure. And I I don't know how big a percentage it is because look, the, the early learning educational industrial complex uh, the colleges and universities, there are a lot of shitty programs that are turning out a lot of people that are, that are built to work in, in crappy in programs. And mm-hmm. so I, I don't. To where they walk in for an interview and don't go like, Ooh, Ooh. Oh, oh I love making uh, they walk in and say, fish. Ooh, Oh, I've done that one before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think there, I mean, that's, that's part of it too. I, I think. Um, uh, uh, um, 
Did you take notes? I, I, I well, look between. Uh, let's be honest, people. Uh, between episodes, we record them in batches. Uh, we we took a potty break and uh, and uh, I, I we might have got couple, out of the flow a little bit. I, I got got a couple. <laughs> no, um, okay. So so something I I, I wrote <laughs> down is is that um, I think I think there I think there is a staffing problem because I. I'm not I, saying there's not a staffing problem. I'm yeah, saying that if we were that, more that inclined, might be a cause of it. Yeah. I, I really think that if we actually put our money where our mouth was, there wouldn't be a staffing problem because people would be like, you know what? I would really like to be a part of this play focused program. And I think people would be attracted to it. So I, I'm I'm not saying there's not a problem. Yeah. I, but I'm saying that the problem might be because of the kind of programs that we're running and people are saying, I don't want to be a part of that. Yeah. 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 I get that. But we, I, I totally agree. And I think there's other things too. And one of them, I, and again, I, I don't know how to wrap my head around it. Okay. So I think one of the other things that we've done in addition to, to what you've outlined is that we've also intentionally or accidentally created a barrier of entry or a number of barriers of entry mm. for people who would like to come under the pressure into the into the profession so um into the pressure into the pressure barriers, into the, barriers to the pressure into the, into the pressure of the profession um so it might be big things like you need a four-year degree to work in this program um and and that can be a barrier for some people and there, there might be very very naturally qualified people who just have the right mindset, but not that four-year degree who then aren't, I mean, they can't be on your, on your list of people to interview because they don't have that degree. And so, and so we've, we've barred them from entering the profession. Um, but then it can be smaller things like all the bullshit that a lot of states require to take a job. You have to have an FBI background check and you have to have the fin fingerprinting and you have to have CPR and first aid before you, before you enter the, before you can have your first day of work. And so I think there's a percentage of people that, that think, well, I would, I really, I really would like to work in an early learning program, but I also don't want to do all that bullshit until I know I'm going to have a job. And so those people get filtered out. And look, I'm going to go so far as to say, I don't know if all of that stuff is necessary. Mm. Um, because I, I mean, I spent a little time looking a, a while ago for, for, you know, since, since we started requiring the, the, the fingerprinting and, ba and background checks, how many, how, how big of a reduction of kids getting molested in childcare has there been since we started requiring that stuff five or mm -hmm. 10 years ago or whatever it is. I couldn't find that there's any, any actually move movement on the scale. How many kids are, how many kids are not dying because they, they, they didn't get CPR performed since we started requiring CPR. Um, um, all those kind of things. And, and it, it's stuff that sounds good that we need to have these things, these qualifications. Um, but in the end, um, I'm not sure they've really moved the needle in the direction the needle is supposed to supposed to be moved. And so not only do they keep they they create a barrier of entry for some potentially good people who might want to work in the profession, but they also drive up the costs of, mm. of running a program. So I, I think we could do with less of that kind of stuff. Um, but I don't, I don't know. Thoughts? Am I totally yeah. off base? No, not at all. I just, I, you know, sometimes, sometimes, you know, I come into the podcast with a, a half-baked thought and toss it out and see, 
see where where it goes. So how I just I just think that if we were more willing to create play based programs, that people would be more willing to come and work. Come and work. (laughs) Really, at the end of the day, that's that was that was my piece. How do we how do we get there? Um, buy all the houses in the neighborhood and turn them all into beautiful family childcare homes <laughs> where kids get to play all day. Well, then we're really going to have a staffing problem because, because there won't be enough kids to fill them. Or I guess it wouldn't be a staffing problem. Uh, maybe, maybe one of the upsides is the declining birth rate. Mm. So it's not going to be a problem anymore because there, well, there aren't going to be any kids. Oh, well, I don't know. That's interesting. In our neighborhood since COVID, there's been a little bit of a, a, a little bit of a, a baby boom. Has there been a baby boom? Mm-hmm. See, mm-hmm. when it first started, I thought there was going to be, but then, then all the stuff I've been It was seeing, like year, year two was the, ba- like not 2020. Yeah. I've, I've been watching, well, binge watched well, everything. On. That would have made, no, I, I think the, the making of the babies was in late 2020 because they were all born in 21. Anyway. So, so there was, there was a here, little here. bit of a boom. Well, of course, of course, Florida is a free state where, uh, where, where people aren't locked down. They could, they could go out and, uh, what pandemic, uh, what they can hook. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yay. Florida. Um, I, I really don't have a lot of thoughts. I just wanted to see if there was any insight that you brought to it or wanted to kick around or if I was way off base, but I, I just think if we actually did what we should be doing that people would want to work there. I, I would, maybe it's an overly simplistic mindset. <laughs> I just, or maybe it's naive. I don't want to call it naive, but in my head, it seems like, you know, it's not too enough. easy. It seems too easy. Well, there's not enough people that I don't think there's enough people, you know, just Kelly walking off the street has a, has a, I, I don't think there's enough people walking around that have a understanding of play and mm-hmm. play-based right. programs that, that they're going to think, Oh, I'm looking at a career change. I, I, I really dig me some play-based learning. Maybe I'll go work in a childcare program. Oh, that one is too, too rigorous Overly for me. Rigid. I don't, I don't know if there are enough, I, I would like to live in a world where there were enough of those people walking around, but I think the, the potential workforce are, are looking at, shall I apply at this childcare program or should I drive for DoorDash? Um, and so I don't know if there's, there's that much reflectiveness going on. And again, I'd, I'd like there to be. You know, what you just said, okay, so a couple of weeks ago, I had a conversation with a a whole bunch of California educators and we had an amazing conversation. And one of the, one of the participants may, and I'm, I'm grossly paraphrasing. So if you actually are listening, uh, forgive me. She said something to the extent of as a, she is a a college educator, a community college professor. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I, I feel like they're only wanting to know what to do about stuff. Like what, and she would say like, look at the baby, look at the baby's reaching for the thing. And then the students are like, and like, there's, there's something about the, the falling in love process. I, I, I don't know if that's going to be a, a whole Falling in love with the baby or falling in love with the work. 
and maybe it's both, maybe it's one or the other, but, but I took that from that conversation with all of those educators. I was like, you know what? We need to, we need to unpack that. What, what is actually the language that you would use to attach to that process? Cause I knew what she was doing, but like, and you obviously knew what she was saying too, because I, you know, <gasps> look, 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 like, where is the appreciation of, or the respect or the understanding that the, da, 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 that that's a, that that's a thing. And if you come in to the profession and you know how to do circle and you know how to cut out shit for art and you can, you do that, but you're missing the, <gasps> that piece. Like, how do we make sure that, that whether, whether you are deciding between a childcare or DoorDash that you still have the. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. And what is that? What is the word for that? Wonder. I mean, for me, it's kind of a, a, a wonder thing. Uh, not too long ago, I recorded with, uh, with our buddies, Bethany and Josie, and we're talking about, uh, we're talking about learning to walk and, and those kind of things. And, uh, and uh, Bethany's little, uh, little Francis, little small curd is, is uh, he started crawling and he's, he's doing the, he, he learned to clap and uh and all those kind of things and you know we have these big milestones like the first steps and these small milestones like the uh the rolling over i mean that's kind of a big one but you know there's there's like a dozen things the kid build, skills they have to build before they take those first steps and i'm still in awe of all of those i mean i saw so many awe that's awe. the word awe is the word <gasps> the awe yeah to be in awe of because <gasps> you say awe <laughs> when it happens. I, I, I mean, I've seen so many kids over the years take that first step or lose their first tooth or, or make a triangle for the first fucking time. And, and every time for me, it was that, ah, and it's happened, it's happened billions of time before, times before, because I mean, look, a lot of humans have learned to walk. I mean, if you look back through time and it's still awe inspiring that this one did. And I, I think, and I got to bear witness. Yeah. That bearing witness to those, those awesome moments. And I just don't, I, I would, I would like there to be a workforce out there ready to bang down the doors of programs uh, of, of, of those people that were, were into that awful, uh, no awful, <laughs> awful moment. You can't call it an awful moment. What is it that, that moment that's full of awe and, and realizing that in any early learning setting, if you look for them, there's, there's probably dozens of those moments going on every day. If you, if you take the time to look for them. And I don't even think you have to look for them. I think that they are happening. I want people working with children who see them. Yeah. Well, to see them, I think you have to, you have to train yourself to look for them. Uh, That's semantics. To, to understand what is unfolding in front of your eyeballs. Yeah, to, you to, need to see, to see that the, the, look, da, 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 that that is more important than circle time. Yeah. I know we bash on circle time, but it's just the easiest kind of, I think, example or contrast or whatever, but. Yeah, it's just a waste of time, shitty practice. Um, I mean, uh, uh, so. Do you think that that is probably something that you either have, can you train somebody? Can you teach somebody 
to start to see <gasps> teach somebody the, to be in awe to to see the awe to see the wonder or or is that one of those those things that that uh you bring to the table you just already have it right you either have the talent or you don't have the talent like can you can you teach somebody about that and i know i'm asking that off the top of my head so like we're not really prepared to think it through but i think you can that disposition enhance it and focus it and grow it and support it but i think maybe you can germinate it but maybe that seed has to be in you yeah and i would imagine that unless you're surrounded by a lot of other people who already have it like you might notice that somebody's noticing that they're noticing something, right? And so then you might start to say, oh, shoot, maybe I should be more inclined to notice stuff. Yeah, yeah. And and look, I think we also, we kind of marginalize people that have that ah oh, way of looking at the world a lot of times. Um, in school, that kid that is that is looking out the window and and fascinated by the hummingbird that just went by the window, or or the garbage truck that they find totally fucking amazing, um, we 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 find them to be distracted and daydreaming and and try to pull them back into the world. And so I think I think our educational system does a lot to do that tamp, out tamp that down yeah. until somebody ends up with a with a instructor like the one you were talking about in California who is who is wanting people to have that when that 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 student that 23 year old for for their whole prior education system that's been tamped down in them and so maybe, maybe it needs to be reawakened yeah it needs to kids. it needs to be rekindled or fertilized or whatever whatever terminology we're going to use and and that that can be hard to do and that's been tamped down in you for for 12 or 15 wow. years of of education so that's kind of that's kind of tough to bring people into a workforce that have that but i would like i would like people to have that in in all kinds of professions true true I mean, you look out in the world, I think, I think, I mean, the, uh, the name that comes to mind when I'm thinking about um, Elon Musk comes to mind when I, when I think about that, um, the whole idea of it is, oh, I can build a rocket ship company and then I can put a whole bunch of tiny satellites up in the world. And so people can have internet everywhere. I, I think that that kind of, oh, I can go to Mars um, kind of, kind of outlook can not only lead the individual into a into kind of an a joyful life, but I think it can inspire others because I, I've, I've spent time with some of those, some people who, who are really good at seeing those awe moments in children. And I find it energizing for, for myself. I don't know. Am I just rambling? I don't know. No, no. Cause I, I, I've been in situations like that where, and, and, it, it they were always weird right because people would come and watch the children right they'd come mm -hmm. watch the kids at the program or they'd come hang out and observe the children and every now and again i felt like and and i know many of you are listening and and can't see what i'm doing but i'm doing that i'm doing that mom thing when the car comes to a really fast stop and you 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 know instinctually put your arm in front of the person in the passenger seat like how many times have i done that with people just like just just watch, listen, you don't, you don't need to get up. You don't need to get in the middle of it. Just, just appreciate 
what is unfolding in front of you. You don't, you're, you can bear witness and be a part of it without being up in the middle of all of it. And I think a hundred years ago, we did an episode with somebody from Australia about sit the F down, sit the fuck down, just sit down. There's something about being on the edge, being on the edge, on the perimeter and just, just sit down. You I, I, you just you just threw a squirrel into my head, Lisa Murphy. I'm sorry. <laughs> the whole the whole arm thing, the mom thing, and I yeah. and I totally get that's what it is. That's a mom and dad keeping the kid from flying forward in the car thing, but it's also a teenage dude getting that to having an opportunity to try to touch a boob. Oh um, my god! That's totally. I mean, it's yeah. totally. Well, in I, case you're new, Jeff is perpetually 15. I, I well, 16. He had to have a driver. Okay, license, 16. But, but yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That I mean. <laughs> I think there's all, I think it uh, comes up in a Seinfeld episode too. Um, anyway, I, I, yeah, I totally agree. I j- just thinking of this, um, of, of, of people out there in the world who, who have that awe, um, uh, 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 watching Artists, I, actors. Well, I, I mean, people that we, that in our, in our profession, uh, Meg de Gerber, I've watched a video of her and the way she talks uh, about about young children and childhood and their experiences. I think she's right there. And um, uh, uh, a friend of the show, former guest, uh, uh, Chenfeld. Um, oh, Mimi. Is, 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 is absolutely there to listen to her talk about about children and their experiences and engaging with them. Uh, those are those are two people that uh, and engaging that to my mind. right there in that moment, right? Yeah. It, and not being overly distracted on what you know what what's coming next or what's next year, but just being in that moment right there and 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 believing to some degree that that is enough. Yeah, yeah, that that that's enough is a is a big piece of it that and and to to be there part of part of getting to that place if I guess if you've got that see or maybe it can be taught I don't know we didn't we kind of drifted from that conversation but but part of that is is letting go of of the pressure all the school readiness bullshit and and knowing that that paying attention to what's going on right here right now is enough having that mindset makes it a little bit easier i think to to be to, to but then to, that circles back to a couple episodes ago when i was like oh but see we get struggled we think that it has to be complicated or that yeah. it has to be difficult and or it has to be more than and we don't think all the time that this it this is enough this is it yeah and and you know, when, when folks are like, oh, I, I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing enough. And what did, what did Kristen say? My fairy goddaughter, what did she say? She said, when you feel like you're not doing anything and you're bearing witness to this beautiful stuff that's happening on its own, that means you did exactly what you needed to do. And you need to take a breath and be okay with that. You're doing I, but I'm not doing anything, but, but that means that you've already done everything that you needed to do. Uh, that probably sounds like a good place to end the episode, huh? I think so. Any, I love uh, you, fairy goddaughter. Mwah. Hey listeners. Uh, episode started out kind of rough. We didn't know where we were going, but I think we ended up okay. This is a childcare. Yeah, thanks for girl. sticking with it. I was like, Oh shit. Jeff's going to pull the plug on this one. <laughs> 
you need more Lisa Murphy, go to ooeygooey.com. You need more me, click over to playvolutionhq.com or explorationsearlylearning.com. Enjoy your day. Thanks for sharing the show with a friend or enemy or stranger if you if you like. We appreciate that. Back soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We made another episode. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.